scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Greepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And I'm Bob Ray. And welcome to the next episode of Open Shutters, our Creepy Cop podcast. And before we get started, we got a couple of little things to say. First of all, let's welcome Bob Ray, our new co-host. Let's hope the fifth time's a charm, Philip. <laughs> yes. We tried this so many times, and they never work out. So you have to work out. Well, I think I will. Philip, what do you think? Oh, I know he will. He's in the corner as pure as me. He's got a really good voice, so he should do it. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Bob. Well, I'm a native of New Orleans. Well, the North Shore, but hell, that still counts, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Born and raised in southeast Louisiana. I've worked in professional radio before, and I'm openly gay. Duh. Everybody. Uh, and who's ever been on this show? <laughs> Even Shaughnessy, who's straight, uses non-binary pronouns. So, uh, yes, uh, I'm. I don't know. I guess you could say I'm old school in some ways, but you'll you'll just have to listen and find out as time progresses. Oh, and second of all, what's the fine the funny thing? Guess where Philip's recording from? He's not here with us today. He's in no. St. Francisville, but guess what room he's in? Oh, I Love know. He is in the closet. Oh. <laughs> it's only room. in the fucking closet for this podcast. It was the only thing, room he had in his house that had good good uh, acoustics. Philip so, is back no. in the closet for us, y'all. Oh, Lord Jesus. Back in the closet again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's got a lot of room in this closet, though. You could actually yes. probably put a small, small little sleeping bag and other stuff in here. You know? Definitely. Yes. So when, so when uh, Barry comes to visit, he can go in the closet, right? We're going to sit in the closet together? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to have a whole guest room for him. Oh, lucky him. There's also an inn up the road if y'all all came. We can get y'all in the inn. Mm. But you know what? You mean they actually have one in St. Francisville? Yes. Yeah, no, the Myrtles is in St. Francisville. They actually have an inn at the development I live in, okay? Wow. The We're getting upscale now, aren't we? I am an upscale. Okay. <laughs> All righty, guys. Uh, what you been? What's been going on? So, what you been watching? And we went to the movies last night. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But what yeah. have you oh, been watching? I, what have I been watching? Okay, yeah. I'll just talk about a couple of things. I watched the new season of the Upshaws with Wanda Sykes. Enjoyed it. Oh, that Funny. sounds good. Um, but the. Uh, and then I watched two other uh, creepy things, two creepy movies. I watched The Other Lamb, which is on AMC Plus. It's part of the IFC Unlimited. Oh, Amazon Prime. And it was a couple of years ago it came out, and it's about a cult thing. 
I don't want to give anything else away, but yeah, don't give too many too many spurs. The other creepy thing was totally up my alley. It was Incantation. It's a new movie on. Um, it's a Taiwanese movie on Netflix. I'm so I tired. And it's dubbed. Wait, 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 wait! It is well worth it. It has all the creep factor, and it has a cute little girl in there. But of course, like anything, not even they even have to make that kind of creepy. What happens and all? So, oh yeah. Well worth the watch. Incantation on Netflix. I was so I'll be watching. I was starting to watch a thing. And I never got a chance to get back to it. It's called The Baby on HBO Max. And it's about this girl. It's a um I think it's Australian or New Zealand, one of them. And it's got this girl, this well, first of all, this mother goes crazy and falls off of a cliff, and the baby crawls to the cliff and they try to save him. And I'm not gonna give you any spoils, but Oh this my. Girl all of a sudden gets visited by this really strange baby. And that's all I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. And um, what we went to see last night, we saw the new Minions movie last night. Yes, we did. And uh, uh, it's cute. Uh, I fell asleep I during some of it, but it's it cute. I fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Curtis and Lance really enjoyed it. So. Yes. What else is going on in your life? How you like your new digs? They're nice. I really do love it. I mean, just waiting to get a few more things set up so it can be more comfortable. But yeah, I like it <laughs> a lot. And uh, another thing I want to mention while we're still at the beginning is this is going to be a two-parter because there was too much crap with this person that we're covering to, to get into one episode. It is I, real. This is I, gnarly. This gets one gets really gnarly. Oh wow! Yeah, give the background today, and then next week we're gonna give his his child ground and his background, and then we're gonna talk about his crimes in the next episode. Yes, yes. How we doing it? But Which anyway, um, pretty oh, hard. What were you saying? No, I was just saying that they're very well. I'll let the listeners find out. It's we... it's gnarly. We may have to give people a little warning on some things. This is I rated at least PG thirteen episode. Oh, uh, all our episodes are rated E. That's the explicit. We're all explicit. Every episode is explicit because you can say fucking motherfucking son of a bitch and everything. And you can get graphic as hell as you want. Yeah. Oh, man. as long as you don't talk about like real life graphic things. No. Because no. some things no. are too much information. <laughs> anyway, um, so um, well, what are we gonna do? We gonna get to some old bits? I think we should. I think I got three of them that are of note. Anything, buddy, that I missed this week, I will apologize, and I will catch you next week. But we got three big ones this week. And we're going to start. Well, actually, yeah, I got more than three because I got a local one, too, which is the one I'm going to start with. It's uh, the first ever St. Bernard Parish president, Lynn Dean, dead at 98. And he was a longtime St. Bernard Parish community member and political leader, and he's died at the age of 98. And according to a statement from St. Bernard pa President Guy McInnes, Dean was the first parish president, president in St. Bernard. And he's known for paving his own way in the politics. He served on St. Bernard Parish School Board from 1981 to 1991, and then was parish president from 1992 to 1996. 
Then he moved to state politics and, and was elected to the Louisiana State Senate in 1996 and served until 2004. So uh, Lindy, he also had his own private school. He, he was St. Bernard Parish School Board, but he also had his own private school, too. The uh, Lynn Oaks in St. Bernard Parish. So, pretty, uh, a little local history there. Now we're going to go. I hear myself doing that. You know, I'm sure everybody's noticed that. Anyway, I think we need to address the um, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated last Thursday. And he was given an outdoor campaign speech. And he was one of Japan. Japan I hate it when people say Japan. One of Japan's most influential politicians. He was assassinated Friday, I'm sorry, in Nara in Western Japan, and shocking a nation known for its low crime rate, strict gun control. And uh, it seems that there are photos and video for the shooting, and he was able to approach Abe from behind while security guards were focused on the front. He got a Lincoln kind of assassination there. Yeah, well, did you actually see, did you see the video? I've seen no, the video. I haven't. I haven't. I don't know if I want to well, see it. Actually, out in public, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like um, I don't know if it was actually near on like near the street or whatever. So it was very easy for someone to come from behind. Like it was yeah. very open. It was a very open speech, like the area. Oh, but yeah, it was just wow. Like the video is disturbing. Yes, yeah. I imagine it is. I know so, uh, when I was listening to the news, they said the police actually were right there on the scene. And oh yeah. Suspect into custody immediately. So oh. That's one. I know I don't wish anybody to die, but at least they got the suspect. And they said inadequate space was blamed for the death. And the guy who shot him, he was a farmer and he made the gun himself. Wow. Yeah, they showed that. It was crazy looking with the tape it's and everything. Only really, it's a good argument that the NRA can have is that people are going to get guns whether you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying why don't we just make heroin legal because people are going to use it anyway well, but we're talking about a country where they only had I think one gun de- a gun crime in all of 2021 yeah one like one. <laughs> compared to us <laughs> hmm. That says a lot. All <laughs> oh, right. Oh. It's just at the city of New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We've been having shootings like crazy. There was a shooting at the Walgreens right around the corner from my house well, a, a few days ago. The other day. Yeah. A little baby got a hold of a gun and shot themselves. Oh, that's and one of the, Yeah. That's something we mentioned what's going on in our lives. I, my new health insurance gave me a gym membership. So I've been going and riding a little bicycle, and I got a Costco and a Sam's membership. So I can spend you- less money on my lunch at work. <laughs> my drinks, at least. <laughs> well, definitely, as far as the last obit, yeah, our hearts go out to the people. Yes. Yeah. To the family of Shinzo Abe, and especially oh, definitely. his wife. Yeah. All right. The next one I got, this man was 99 years old, and he would be known by baby boomers because he was always on television in the 1960s. His name was Larry Storch. And uh, he, he's, he's most known 
as Corporal Rand- Randolph Argon on the TV show F Troop. You ever heard of it? You ever saw reruns of that or anything? F Troop. Sounds it, familiar. It, <laughs> it was like a, a, uh, a troop. It was like a, a, a Union troop during the Civil War, and they were all doofuses. Oh, goodness. Including the captain. Oh, my. And Ken Berry was the captain, you know, Vinton from Mama's Family. And he had this beautiful blonde-haired girl named Jet Clamity Jane that was always kissing all over him. And he'd go, not in front of the men, Jane. <laughs> and uh, Forrest Tucker was the sergeant. So, uh, yeah, Larry Storch, he was a, a man of comic who also who started as a bumbling sidekick, Corporate Randolph Argon, in the 60s ABC sitcom F Troop. He was 99. He got his start as a stand-up comic, did impressions, and voiced the all-knowing Phineas J. Whoopi on the classic cartoon Tennessee Tuxedo and His Tales. That's all before you guys' time, isn't it? He died early Friday morning of natural causes in his apartment in the Upper West Side of New York. Well, somebody 99, you know, that's what they do. They die of natural causes something. Usually when you die at 99, it's natural causes. And one of his and his uh, manager said, "If I tell you how nice he was, you wouldn't believe it." And he was friends with Tony Curtis, and they appeared together in *The Prince Who Was a Thief*, *Who's That Lady*, Forty Pounds of Trouble*, *Captain Newman N.D.*, and *Sex and the Single Girl*, *Wild and Wonderful*, and *A Great Race*. And two of those movies also co-starred Natalie Wood. And he had a recurring role as a drunk on *Car 54*. Where are you now? In um. And he, oh yeah, he played uh, uh, he he played a, a, a boxer on the Doris Day show who fell in love with Doris Day. But every man that went on the Doris Day show fell in love with her. Shout out and Doris Day, you know. Now one of the things I remember from um, of, of his is he played a friend of Archie Bunkers who looked a lot younger than him, and he had this young girlfriend. It turned out she was a hooker. <laughs> So he wasn't because you see, all uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Archie was all jealous and everything because he had that young, pretty girlfriend. But she was a hooker, so he was paying for it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Larry Storch. All right, uh, next one. I'm not sure who to do next. We one that happened just today, and she's an almost first lady. Oh, we'll just go ahead and do her. You want to do her next? Yeah, Ivana Trump. The former ex-wife of former pre- the ex-wife of former President Donald Trump died today <laughs> at the age of seventy-three. And I'm looking at this picture of her, and she really looks every fucking minute of it. <laughs> that woman, the, the years were not kind to her. Oh God! <laughs> she was a longtime business person and ex-wife of Donald Trump. Well, I'm sure living with him for all those years probably would do something to to just. <clears throat> To your your organic being, you know, and she has died in her home in New York City, and she was a um. Oh, it was he posted the pre- the former president posted on his own social media, Truth Social, you know the one that's about to fold. Anyway, uh, according to a statement, police received nine one one call about an aided individual about twelve forty p.m and found the 73-year-old female unconscious and unresponsive. And the EMS pronounced her dead at the scene. She died of cardiac arrest. She was also the mother of Don Jr. 
Ivanka and Eric Trump, but we will forgive her for that. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, Donald Trump uh, Jr., I am very sad to inform all those who loved her, this is what Trump said, of which there are many, that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home in New York City. She was a wonderful, beautiful, amazing woman. Well, why did you cheat on her? Who led a great and inspirational life. Her pride and joy were her three children, Don Jr., Ivanka, and Eric. She was so proud of them. We were all, all so proud of her. Rest in peace, Ivana. He posted that. So um, she, was, uh, she was raised in communist Czechoslovakia. And she came to marriage. She partnered with Donald Trump on some of his most prominent real estate projects. I read his niece's book, and she was pretty much the brains behind everything from what I've heard. And they divorced in 1992 when he left her from Marla Maples, who we later, who later became his second wife and the mother of that daughter, Tiffany. But he later left her, I think, for Melania, didn't he? Yep. Oh. I'm just wondering how much more interesting that administration would have been if she would have been the first lady. Instead of Melania, she would have been much more of a first lady, don't you think? Would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been, maybe she could have kept him in line. But anyway, after the divorce, she married and divorced twice and still maintained her jet selling lifestyle. And in 2017, she told CBS this morning that she turned down an offer from Donald Trump to be the ambassador to her native Czech Republic. Citing her freedom and the perfect life is the reasons for turning it down. So, uh, rest in peace, Ivana, and we will forgive yeah. you for marrying him. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to keep from being political here. Um, all right, our last one for this week is a Hollywood royalty, James Kahn. We lost oh. James Kahn, Philip. I know. Sonny Carleone. Uh, he's a brawny star. They played Sonny Carleone, the rough and tumble athlete in Rollerblade, the self assured showcase sensitive side during his long career. He died at the age of 82. He's probably best remembered, I would say, for The Godfather as Sonny Carleone, and also Misery, which all creatures probably oh, all know. And I got a little uh, thing to tell you. Um, okay. In 1964, James Conn was in a movie with Olivia de Havilland called Lady in the Cage. Did you ever see it? And Olivia de Havilland plays this uh, old, uh, this um, this old rich, older rich widow who has a, her own little elbow. She and she's she's handicapped. She walks with a cane. She had a broken. She had break, broken the hip. She walks with a cane. And so she has this big, this cage kind of elevator installed, and lights go out. And this band, she had this button so that people outside could help her and know she was there. But then these vagrants, one of them was played by Ann Southern. And Ann Southern and Jeff Corey come in and start stealing stuff. And then these bandits, these, these, these juvenile delinquents, led by James Conn, start torturing poor Olivia to happen. So this is a movie where James Conn is a younger, up-and-coming uh, Hollywood star, tormenting. Hollywood royalty Olivia de Havilland. Fast forward to 1990. James Conn in Misery with Kathy Bates. Then we have the younger, upstarting Kathy Bates torturing Hollywood royalty James Conn. 
How you like uh, that for a little bit? <laughs> I like but in between he was and in between he was Sonny Colleone and Billy Rose and Funny Lady and a bunch of other stuff. Is in uh, knew- For the Boys with Bet Midler. He's in a lot of good things. So okay, uh James Khan. Okay, Jimmy, as his friends called him. Rest in peace. Yes. So Definitely. Philip, what time is it? You know what time it is. I know what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's oh. horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Philip is so sublime. It's horoscope time. Bill Blinkley <laughs> is the one he makes horoscope. Okay, good. <laughs> you ready? This evening, this is probably going to be one of my one of my favorite ones because my boyfriend, my man, they moved me out here to St. Francisville. His biggest fear is exactly what this podcast, uh, this 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 uh, horoscope's about on this podcast tonight. What's Clowning that? around. It's all famous movie or television clowns that are coming to terrify each of the. Oh songs. my God, oh, clowns! Oh, and, he, and you. Oh, the subject of this uh, of this of the second half. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. On, yeah. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Y'all asked me to, so I did it, and I, w- I was more than obliged to do it. <laughs> I think he had too much fun doing it. Personally. Yes, he did. I, Wait till you hear him. Let's see what was going on. So starting out with Aries, coming and hailing from the Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, we have oh. Captain Spaulding. Oh, you know, I was asked to go as Captain Spaulding for Halloween. You would be a good one. Oh my god, I can see it. I can fucking see it. <laughs> you know what we ought to do? We ought to do a a um a video because we we get ready to have a, a get a YouTube channel. So we ought to do the video version and all dress and costume for Halloween this year. And I'll do Captain Spaulding. Oh, that would be <laughs> okay. Indeed. Well, next we got Taurus. Okay. <laughs> Definitely getting extraterrestrial with them. They're gonna have the killer clowns from outer space coming to get them. Oh, those are some those those were some lame clowns anyway. Okay, I watch it now and I laugh, but you gotta realize I was a kid watching this and it was a little bit terrifying as a kid. I could see that, especially if you have a fear of clowns like Iraz does. Especially when they were like uh, they had like the things, and they were stabbing in the straws and drinking the blood. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, was, that that was that was creepy. That was creepy. That was that was definitely creepy. Uh, we'll talk about our Roz. That's Gemini or Will. Roz. Okay, what's he gonna get? He truly is gonna be terrified by Art the Clown from the Terrifier. Oh, oh, he deserves that one. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I was going to do to him? I was going to get one of those crazy, uh, crazy clown masks and put it on a stick and then oh, get shit. the alarm off and have him wake up with that clown face in his face. Can you? I, but I was afraid he might have a heart attack. <laughs> oh, goodness, that's great. <laughs> oh, he'd kill me. You know that? He would, he would, he would kill me dead. <laughs> well, now it's your turn. Good old cancer. Oh, uh, what's going to happen to me? Well, break out your morning TV and your cereal because you're being terrified by Bozo the Clown. 
Oh! <laughs> you know, I had an aunt that had his hairstyle. The big old wings flipping out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was she from St. Bernard Parish? Yeah, oh, well, for a while, but then she moved to Lakeview, but she still kept the St. Bernard Parish hair, hairstyle. Okay, let's take a vote. Did we all want to play that bucket game? I wanted to do the bucket game. You know what? Uh, yeah, I wanted to play a bucket game. Um, we got man's name was Sam. I can't remember his last name. When I worked at the the Sheridan in the 1980s, he was he he led the little combo, and he had played Bozo the Clown on TV when I was a little kid. Oh wow! So okay. I got to meet my Bozo. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's cute. I don't know. <laughs> Well, moving along, we've got both Curtis and our new our new host, right, are both Leos. That's right. And I'm on a cusp, so I'm kind of in there, too. Well, I mean, you're a cancer. You're not a Leo. I'm not going to let you claim it. Exactly. Well, what about my theater stuff? We don't want that, you. That has to do with other shit in your chart. Okay, we got, we got 10 more minutes before this Rob, meeting ends. Robbie's a Leo, Curtis is a Leo, and they are going to be terrified by good old Twisty from American Horror Story. Oh, that's a scary one. I think Curtis thinks he's Twisty, though. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the hair. (laughs) Especially today. All right, let's go. (sighs) Moving along, we got Virgo. Virgo is going to be Stitches. They're going to be terrified by Stitches from Stitches. Oh. Maybe Virgos need to really consider what they do to others. That's why be why Stitches is coming. Maybe that. that's why. Yeah. They need to realize that. Or else they end up ashes in the purple shopping bag, too. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yes, indeed. A little, a little bit more uh, animated. We got Libra. That was your mama. She's going to be terrified by Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That would scare her. That would scare her. She didn't like cartoons. Good old Krusty. Oh, but now we've arrived at me, Scorpio. Mm. I get to be terrified. I actually might enjoy this. I get to be terrified by Pennywise from It. Oh, now that's a, ter- that's a scary willingly give my soul up so that me and him could reap other souls. I mean, I'd stand I thought I thought the Bill Skarsgård uh, uh, Pennywise was scarier than the Tim Curry, too. I liked both of them, though. I'll be honest. I like both. And if it, if it wasn't for Tim Curry, there wouldn't have been well, Tim, it, it just was weird as a young, cute guy that's playing Pennywise in that, uh, you know. It works, though. That makeup is yeah. amazing. That yeah. makeup is amazing. Next, talking about makeup, Sagittarius. They're nice gonna Jim, right? They're gonna be terrified from the poltergeist clown that was under the bed in Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking toy. You that, that kid had to put the covers over it. Remember the, yeah. the jacket over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have fun with that, Jim. <laughs> We're talking about moving along with crazy uh, clowns. Capricorn. I don't even know whether that was. Lance. Lance, Lance oh, got called a clown. Lance got who? You remember Lance got called a clown. Called a clown. By somebody. Remember that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
However, he, he would enjoy this. He's actually going to be terrified by that big old clown, the violator from the Spawn movies. Oh. Remember that Lugazamo played? Yeah. Yeah, he'd probably enjoy that. Yeah, he'd enjoy that. Clown. He'd have fun with a chubby clown. Yeah, chubby. <laughs> he, he wouldn't be terrified. You should have given him Fizbo. He's like, I want to hug. Don't bring that up. We're going to get to that. Okay. Uh-oh. Aquarius. Aquarius. They are going to be terrified by the jack-in-a-box clown that was in the Krampus movie. Oh. Yeah, you remember Ooh. when the D took on that? Yeah, oh. oh, good Lord. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty. That's pretty. Talk about gnarly, right? Yes. There you go. But last but not least is Pisces. Y'all get to be terrified by Fizbo, the clown, uh. which was Cameron's Cam's character, uh, clown persona on Modern Family. That's why I said Lancia got that one. Cameron's his type. And actually, that I was reading up this. Eric Stone Street actually created the whole Fizbo thing. Really, was he really did want to be a clown in real life? He was a clown in real life. So yeah, he got to bring that whole dream to the biggest audience of all Hollywood. Yeah, and he and, and that's just a kind of a nice thing to hear that that really was his childhood dream, and he got to make it a reality. Yeah, that was so cool. Well, wow. <laughs> These clowns were pretty scary. Y'all have fun playing with them clowns. Yeah. yeah not as scary as this evening's clown, will we? Going yeah, the one we're going to have now. Now, um, <laughs> we're going to have to take a break because we only have like five minutes left to this recording. Since five we have the free one. Yeah. But I think I'm going to upgrade between the, the, between the uh, segments. So um, our uh, story today is one of the creepiest clowns of all time. Notorious, who is he? Um, it is the notorious, most notorious, in my opinion, serial killer to ever showcase the history of this country, Mr. John Wayne Gacy. Ugh. That's good. And, and that's no warning to people. If, you, if you're too sensitive and everything, this is going to get really gnarly. It involves a lot of sexual uh, yeah. abuse. It involves a lot of rape. And it, it involves young, young people, young boys. And it's it gets pretty gnarly. So if you have problems with that kind of thing, just listen to this half. If not, join us. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. And uh, we got a really, really gnarly case. This is a two-parter. There's too much shit about this guy in order for us to do all in one episode. So we're going to do basically his childhood and everything which is pretty gnarly and then we got to do his crimes next week yes so uh now we're uh subject of the day is the most notorious serial killer in history what was his name bob john wayne gacy you've heard of him haven't you philip oh yeah who hadn't <laughs> Everybody's heard of him. So uh, yeah, I'm going to turn we'll bring the real story to you tonight. And I and I am going to turn everything over to Bob to you because he is going to tell the story. We're going to make a little comment here and there, and then we're going to we're going to discuss it. So first of all, let's start with uh, Bob. Start this with the story. Well, like like Barry said, we are showcasing tonight the most notorious serial killer in the history of America, Mr. John Wayne Gacy. 
You know, John uh-huh. Wayne was born in Chicago, Illinois, back in March 17, 1942. He was the second child and only son of John Gacy and Marion Robinson. His father was an auto repair mechanic and World War I veteran, and his mother a homemaker. Now, John was very close to his mother and two sisters, but he endured a difficult relationship with his father, who was an alcoholic, was physically abusive to him and to his family. Oh, you know, God. They always have that, don't they? It, it, it's already starting, and it's going to be a rough life for John. Oh. You know? Goodness. You know, this is the thing about this. is I want to feel sorry. I, I can't feel sorry for the murderer. You can't can feel, feel sorry for what he did, but you can. I feel can sorry. feel sorry for the kid. He was. Yes. What he has to go through. And maybe some of this led to what he did. Maybe it didn't. But you know, I don't know. Well, everyone's different. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's and just trauma a... affects everyone differently. Yes. So, so, his father was such an asshole that he belittled him, called him dumb and stupid, which. Back in the back in the forties and fifties was a big thing. Especially yeah. for children. And especially World War Two one and World War Two veterans, they were respectful pretty much, especially raising their kids. Mm-hmm. But you've got to remember the times too. Yeah, so, and that's you know, there was that spare rod, spoil the child era. Yeah. Yes, it was. You know, he compared him unfavorably with his sisters. Oh, well, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll you know when you get compared unfavorably with siblings, it it feels like shit. And my dad was like that too, compared to his sister. Yeah, in my case, it was brothers, but they were Uh, twins. So, oh, you know the cute little twins. And like for three years, I was king baby, and then all of a sudden, but this isn't about me. Let's go. Yeah. You know, one of Gacy's earliest memories was of his father beating him with a leather belt for accidentally disarranging components of a car engine. Oh, you kidding? No. His mother tried to shield her son from his father's abuse, which only resulted in accusations that John Wayne Gacy was a sissy and a mama's boy. Oh, yeah. I quote, probably grow up to be queer. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Despite this mistreatment, however, John loved his father unconditionally. But he also felt that his father, he was never good enough in his father's eyes. Mm. In 1949, John Wayne Gacy's father was informed that his son had been caught sexually fondling a young girl with another boy. Oh, well, at least he was fondling a girl. That's what most fathers would say. And this was 1949, so that would have made him seven years old. So, oh, wow. yeah, so he got started a little young, it looks like. Mm. Because of that, John's father took a razor strop to his ass as punishment. Well, that's what, that was one of the things they used to, it was belts and razor straps that they used to yeah kids with and back then. For some of our younger listeners, if you don't know what that is, that's a solid piece of leather, a approximately three and a half inches thick. They used to just sharpen straight razors. Yes. Those things hurt. Those things can hurt. I'm not saying I had it happen to me. I'm just knowing what y'all are talking about. 
I've had leather belts because I wasn't a very good child. <laughs> but I've never had anything three and a half inches thick. No. Yeah. So, I mean, take your largest belt you've seen people wear. Like barbers use, right? Do what? The barbers use. You're talking about things yeah, yeah the barbers, they use that to, to sharpen the straight razor. Yes, yeah. exactly. You'll see them attached to the chair and they'll back and forth with the razor. Yep. I am actually old enough to have been in a barber chair and they used to give us what they called sideburns, which meant they used to shave right above the ear so it would look like we had little sideburns. I remember the first time I got a haircut when I was 18 years old, went to an actual barber and got a straight shave. So I, I can say I'm old enough for that. <laughs> I like to get, I never got that. And I like to get, I like to go one day and let them do my head. Mm, not, they're not going to take much off, but <laughs> no, I gotta let, I gotta let it grow a little bit before, they yes. get, before that. You know, that same year though, back to John Wayne Gacy here, that same year, a family friend and contractor would sometimes come into the family. He'd lure John Gacy into his truck and molest him. When Ooh, he, was he had a good start. Yes. You know, John Wayne Gacy never told his father about that molestation. He was afraid that his father would blame him for it, which is typical for young children now, especially back then and today. Yeah. Children are told, don't tell or you're going to get blamed for it. It's your fault and things like that. Well, you must have done something to make that man want to do that. Exactly. You know, yeah. John Wayne Gacy was a very unathletic child he was overweight and he had a heart condition he was told uh. by doctors to avoid all sports in school during the fourth grade john wayne gacy began to experience blackouts he was hospitalized on several occasions because of these episodes and in 1957 for a burst appendix oh oh i bet you i know that hurts oh yes I i've never been there but i've seen people in pain from a burst appendix oh. If you don't yeah, get the poison in your system and everything too. Yeah. If you don't get medical treatment soon enough, you can die from it. You were breaking up a little bit, Phil. But what did you just say? Oh, I said that's pretty. If it actually bursts inside of you, that's pretty bad because of the the therapy you have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Much easier to get it out before it bursts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, good know. lord! So far, <laughs> this is and, this and poor, this, so far I can't help but feel sorry for this kid. Yeah, we're just into his life story. He hasn't even reached teenage years yet, but that's coming. You know, later, John Wayne Gacy estimated between the ages of 14 and 18, he had spent almost a year in the hospital and attributed the decline in his grades at school to his missing school because of hospitalizations. Oh. Now, his father suspected these episodes were an effort to gain sympathy and attention and openly accused his son of faking the conditions that John Wayne Gacy laid in a hospital bed for. Mm. Though, there was a saving grace here. His mother, sisters, and a few close friends never doubted his illness. Gacy's medical condition, though, was never conclusively diagnosed. Uh. Gacy's high school friends recalled several instances when he, would, when he saw John Wayne Gacy's father ridicule or beat his son without provocation in front of others. On one occasion, back in 1957, he witnessed John Wayne Gacy's father emerging drunk from the family basement to begin belittling, then hitting his son for no apparent reason. Oh, man. 
And yet again, John Wayne Gacy's mother attempted to intervene as her son simply put up his hands to defend himself. Now, according to the friend, John never struck his father back during any of these altercations he had saw. Well, tell me something really horrible happened to this man. Tell me his death was really painful. <laughs> oh, we don't know. That's something I'm going to look into this week and try to find. Yeah. Because we, the research that I've done this week, these past few weeks that I've known I'm doing this case, I did not find anything on the results of what happened to his father. Um, wow. Now, in 1960, at the age of tender young age of 18 years old, John Wayne Gacy got involved in politics. I know we don't talk about politics on this podcast, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, we, I got a little political in the beginning. I don't well, think my political beliefs are any secret after today. <laughs> well, John Wayne Gacy was also involved in politics. He started working as an assistant precinct captain for a Democratic Party candidate in his neighborhood around Chicago. This led to more criticism from his father, who accused him son of being a patsy. Those were big words back in 1960. Yes. You know, Gacy letters later speculated in interviews to his lawyers and the media that his decision to become involved in politics was actually to seek the acceptance from others that he never received from his father. Wow. You know, also in 1960, Gacy's political involvement began. His father bought him a car. So, I mean, it shows that his father still cared at least a little bit for him. I mean, yeah, the father was a drunk and an asshole, but at least he still loved his son enough to buy him a car. So, the problem with this was, and it's a big problem, his father kept the title in his own name until Gacy finished making payments to his father for the car. My dad did that to me, too. But he didn't, I, I didn't, no matter what I paid for it, he never changed it into my name. Exactly. That's why I paid for my own first car with cash. Yeah. <laughs> now, these monthly payments took several years for John Wayne Gacy to complete. His father would confiscate the keys to the vehicle if John didn't make the payments or do as his father said. Now, in 1962, uh. Gacy purchased an extra set of keys after his father had confiscated the original set. But, in response to this, but, yeah, his but, father yeah. just went and removed the distributor cap off the car. Uh. Keeping it for three days. <laughs> he was always one step ahead, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, um, yes. John Wayne Gacy later recalled that he felt totally sick and drained after this incident. Now, Hours after his father replaced the distributor cap, John had had enough. I he would have too. Goodbye, and drove from Chicago to Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, he found work in Las Vegas at the ambulance service, but within a quick amount of time, he was transferred to work as an attendant at the Palm Mortuary. Oh, good Lord. Corpses? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Now, as a mortuary attendant, John Gacy slept on a cot behind the embalming room. Oh. I wouldn't want to sleep the behind the embalming room. room? Yes. Think about oh. the stench coming from that room. Really? 
Yeah. I don't want to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, hell no. Hell no. It's bad enough I live in between cemeteries right now. <laughs> and Philip knows that because he's been here. <laughs> yes. Yes. The cemeteries yeah. are everywhere. Especially in New Orleans. Yeah. And most of them are above ground cemeteries. Yeah. So I was waiting. A good moment to bring this up, though, but y'all brought a good moment because y'all bringing up this dynamic between his father and him. Uh-huh. Yeah. I looked up the astrology. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. What does it say? It's like oil and water. It don't, it don't fucking mix. Okay. The dead, John Stanley Gacy, was born on June 20th, 1900. Okay. Which would have made him, he's right on the cusp, probably would have been a Gemini, but a Gemini cancer cusp. A rat. Whereas John Wayne Gacy was March 17th, 1942, which would have actually made him a um, Pisces horse. Okay. Oh. But let me explain what all that means. Okay. Uh, Well, he was born in a water year, John Wayne Gacy, and his father, John Stanley Gacy, was born in a metal year. The thing is, is the father had his own way of seeing things, how he thought things should be externally. Yeah. Everybody should be on the outside and how they should probably conform to the society. He had an idea of the way things needed to be. Hmm. Whereas John Wayne Gacy, who we're talking about, the son, um, he felt that emotions mattered, how you treated others mattered. Yeah. And, and the that's father, how I feel too. So the father literally poisoned him. Think about this because we talk poisoned about him. Think about it. Childhood trauma doing yeah. all of this emotionally did him, especially him being both spiritually and probably actually physically poisoned him, his biochemistry. Because that kind of childhood trauma beating actually tra- changes the brain chemistry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that probably affected him. You're right. He didn't accept himself. And also looking at it, Pisces feel the weight of the world. So with all this trauma coming from his father, putting that on him, that's going to lend to more of what uh, Rob's going to talk about in the story. I so just in other to- words, uh, no wonder the guy was so fucked up. Yeah. And he didn't care. He didn't care. As a rat person, he only saw it the way he saw it. And he yes. felt like his son care too much about others he was more about how you got to get ahead for yourself yeah and that's not how john wayne gacy was but that would affect him and and later on in the story probably next week we'll talk about how he did come to i guess in some sick demented way care for his victims oh yeah oh no i'll revisit the whole astrology with that of what he was trying to do but i'm waiting on the next episode yeah i just Give the father-son dynamic for you. Okay. Now, talking about John Wayne Gacy's work at the mortuary, for three months, he worked as a mortuary attendant, sleeping behind the embalming room on a cot. Now, he observed the morticians embalming dead bodies. In an interview later Gacy gave to the media, he confessed that one evening while alone, he had clambered into a coffin of a deceased teenage male boy, embracing and caressing the body before experiencing a sense of, and I quote, shock. Ooh. You know, the next day, this prompted Gacy to call his mother and 
ask her to ask his father if he would be allowed to return to Chicago. And his father did allow him to. Oh, wasn't that nice of him? Yeah. <laughs> now, when Gacy returned home, he enrolled in Northwest Business, Northwestern Business College. You know, despite having failed to graduate from high school, he graduated in 1963 and took a management trainee position with the Nunbush Shoe Company. In 1964, the shoe company transferred him to Springfield, Illinois, to work as a salesman and eventually promoted him to manager of his department. In March of that year, he became engaged to Marilyn Myers, one of his co-workers he had met at the Nunbush Shoe Company. Yeah. Now, during their courtship, Gacy joined the local JCs and worked tirelessly for them, being named key man in April 1964. Wow. That same year, John Wayne Gacy had experienced his second homosexual experience. And his first one was with a corpse. Yeah, well, I don't know if he counted that one as a experience or not. Because his first one was, uh, we remember, with, uh, well, I guess that would be his first experience. Because the first one, what I was thinking of, was being molested by a family friend, so... But according to Gacy, after one of his colleagues in the Springfield Jaycees piled him with drinks and invited him to spend the evening on his sofa, he agreed. The, oh. colleague, the colleague then performed oral sex on him while he was drunk. Oh. Hmm. I bet Maybe Gacy he liked, liked that. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? Exactly. It feels good. <laughs> and this, is, this was the free loving 1960s. Who wouldn't want something like that? Come on. It was they still a, want that today. Yes. Why do Many you think my still well work is it does so well? In the back room. <laughs> yes, yes. But we, the, the back room of the smut shop. <laughs> yes. Now, by 1965, John Wayne Gacy had risen to a position of vice president of the Springfield JCs. The same year, he was named the third most outstanding JC in the state of Illinois. Wow. Yes. Now, after six months' courtship, Gacy and Myers married in September of 1964. Maryland's father subsequently purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah, I remember see, seeing that and when we were watching a documentary about the Kentucky Fried Chicken. 16 spices and giblets, yes. <laughs> the 11 herbs and spices. It was 11? I thought it was 16. Okay. No, the KFC is 11 recipe. herbs and spices. It's the secret recipe. Now, the couple we moved there so Gacy right. could manage the restaurants. With the understanding that they would move into Maryland's parents' former home, which had been vacated for the couple. You know, the offer was pretty lucrative back then. Gacy would receive $15,000 per year, plus a share of the restaurant's profits. Now, in 2022 equivalent, that's about $134,550 per year. That's it was, pretty nice. 15000 back then? $15,000 in 1964-5. Yeah, because people were making six and seven and $8,000 and raising yeah. kids on that back then. That's equivalent today to $134,550 wow. for a restaurant manager. That's outstanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And fast food manager, too. 
Yeah, you're not going to find that at any KFC in the nation here. No. Now, following the obligatory completion of a management training course, Gacy relocated to Waterloo with his wife. He opened a club in his basement where his employees could come and drink alcohol and play pool. Mm. So, although Gacy employed teenagers of both sexes at his restaurants, he socialized only with the young men. Yeah. Gacy gave many of them alcohol before he made sexual advances. If they rebuffed him, he would claim that his advances were simply jokes or a test of morals. Yeah. I've seen that with these older men that are kind of closeted. Well, always have teenage boys working there. Yes. And it's... Uh... I told you about the store around the corner from my house. The man that owned it, it was called Mike's Food Store. And the man that owned it used to, oh, he was real, real nice to my mom. And real, and, and he kind of used to flirt with my mom. But he also used to be really nice to me. He used to give me microwave sandwiches and everything. Mm. And we thought that he wanted my mom. She thought he liked her. So years <laughs> later, I was rem remembering him. And I thought, wait a minute. He never had a girl working there. All he had was teenage boys working there. It wasn't mom that he wanted. Oh, oh no, it was me. I was 15 at the time. So um, I had called my mom after I realized that. And I said, you remember Mike's food? So yeah, that man was really nice. He, he used to flirt with me all the time. I said, yeah, well, you, ever, you remember how he used to be extra nice to me? He wasn't really my younger brothers. He, was, he didn't really talk to them much. But me, he just, he, he was real, real nice to me. And uh, he even gave me a hamburger. He says, oh, you can go put your little mustard on it and everything. And that's not really the way you talk to a 15-year-old boy. No. <laughs> so uh, I told her. I told her that. And she goes, oh, it wasn't me. He liked it. it was you. I said, yeah. I wish I would have known that. I would have said, tell that man, you stay away from my son. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, you didn't even think that back then. That, that wasn't even in your, your, your realm of, of reasoning. Exactly. Nobody would have even thought that, you know, back in 1970-something. You know? <laughs> Much just... less in the 60s when Gacy was doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, in February of 1966, Gacy gave, Gacy's wife gave birth to her first and his only son, and a daughter later in March of 67. Gacy later described this period of his life as a perfect time of life. He had finally earned his father's approval. When Gacy's parents paid a family visit in July of 66, his father privately apologized for the physical and emotional abuse he had inflicted through his son's childhood and adolescence before happily saying, Son, I was wrong about you. He then shook John Wayne Gacy's hand. Oh, well, that's kind of nice, but, you know, that's a little bit too little too late. Yeah. I mean... That they put him through all that. Him up in the head. He's messed up already because you know what's getting ready is good to start happening. Oh, yeah. Next now, week's show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. While Gacy was in Waterloo, Iowa, he joined the local JC chapter there, regularly offering extended hours to the organization in addition to the 12 to 14 hour work days he worked at managing the three KFC restaurants. At meetings, Gacy often provided fried chicken and insisted on being called Colonel. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> I wonder if he wore a little white wig and a little. <laughs> Instead of Colonel Sanders, we have Colonel John. Colonel John. He and other Water Waterloo JCs were also deeply involved in wife swapping, prostitution, pornography, and drug use. Oh, kinky thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, why, why was it? Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> less considered ambitious and something of a braggart the other jc's held him in high regard for his fundraising activities and in 1967 named him outstanding vice president of the waterloo jc's oh. the same year gacy served on the board of directors it seems as though he became someone he grew up as somewhat of an overachiever probably because of the way his dad treated him yeah yep yeah now I don't know if we should get into what he did. His first real... I wouldn't call him a victim, but he was a victim. Uh, but it didn't go as far as he did later on. So I, I think we should cover this tonight. Yeah, let's cover this one tonight. And, We're going to go up to the boy in the drugstore tonight. Yes. That's what it was. And that's what we're talking about now. Yeah. In August of 1967, John Wayne Gacy was accused of sexual assaulting a 15-year-old boy named Donald Voorhees, the son of a fellow J.C. Gacy lured Mr. Voorhees into his house upon the promise of showing him heterosexual stag films, which, as some of you who don't know what a stag film is, is a porn. Porn! Be, That's all it, it is, porn! Like inviting you over to look at Xtube or whatever it is nowadays. <laughs> Newdies! That's all it is, newdies! <laughs> yes. Now, which were regularly played at the J.C. events. Gacy piled Voorhees with alcohol, allowing him to watch a stag movie, then persuaded him to engage in mutual oral sex, adding, you have to have sex with a man before you start having sex with a woman. <laughs> was that the man that was on in, in the documentary? One of his guy, one that, no, that was one that got away from him. That's right. I'm getting yeah. the idea. Okay. <laughs> Way of grooming? <laughs> yes, he groomed him. He did a lot of grooming. Very much so. Before grooming been, became popular. He groomed him so much he could have opened the beauty salon. <laughs> now, over the following few months, Gacy similarly abused several other young men, including one whom he encouraged to have sex with his own wife before blackmailing him in performing oral sex on John. Gacy uh, tricked several teenagers into believing he was commissioned to conduct homosexual experiments in the interest of scientific research before he oh, paid that is such a dollars for each trick. Even when I was 15 in the 70s, I would have seen through that. Yeah. <laughs> now, in March 1968, Voorhees reported to his father that Gacy had sexually assaulted him. Mr. Voorhees Sr. immediately notified the police who arrested John Wayne Gacy and subsequently charged him with performing oral sodomy on Voorhees and the attempted assault of a 16-year-old, Mr. Edward Lynch. Gacy vehemently denied the charges and demanded to take a polygraph test. The results of that polygraph indicated John Wayne Gacy was nervous when he denied any wrongdoing in relation to both young men. Gacy publicly denied any wrongdoing and insisted the charges against him were politically motivated. Gorhee Sr. had opposed Gacy's nomination for appointment as president of the Iowa JCs. 
several fellow JCs found Gacy's story credible and rallied to his support. However, on March 10, 1968, Gacy was indicted for sodomy. On August 30th, 1968, Gacy persuaded one of his employees, 18-year-old Russell Schroeder, to physically assault Voorhees in an effort to discourage the boy from testifying against him in court. John Wayne Gacy promised to pay Schroeder $300. Schroeder agreed, and in early September, lured Voorhees to an isolated country park. $300? $300 in 1968. Oh, that, oh, well, it was $300 in 1960. Yeah. Schroeder lured Voorhees to an isolated country park, sprayed Mason in his eyes, then beat him. Yet, Voorhees escaped and reported the assault to police, identifying Schroeder as his attacker. They arrested him the following day, and while initially denying any involvement, Schroeder soon confessed to assaulting Voorhees, indicating he had done so at Gacy's request. Police rearrested John Wayne Gacy and laid an additional charge of hiring Schroeder to assault and intimidate a witness. Okay, I got the math for you. 31968 would now today be $2,554.41. And 41 cents. Don't forget the 41. Oh, Even $2,000. Come on now. Really. $2,000 to intimidate a witness is not bad. I may be up for that if anybody wants to know. $2,000. <laughs> in 1968 for the brand new car yes but we're talking about 2022 $2, well $300 more than mm, maybe a good 10 year old car yeah you're lucky if 2500 is going to handle that gas bill for the summer now. exactly if you, any car you get for 2500 is usually <laughs> for parts or something really. yeah <laughs> yeah now, my car is almost thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and it's a key as old. It's not Let's not Mercedes even talk about anything. prices. <laughs> now, on September twelfth, Gacy was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation at the psychiatric hospital of the University of Iowa, where two doctors examined him over a period of seventeen days before concluding he had an antisocial personality disorder, which oh. is the clinical term for sociopathy. Or psychopathy. Yeah. And he was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or medical treatment, and that his behavioral pattern was unlikely to bring him into repeated, I'm sorry, was likely to bring him into repeated conflicts with society. But the doctors <sighs> did conclude that he was mentally competent to stand trial. Well. So on August 30th, 1968, John Wayne Gacy persuaded one of his employees. Oh, wait, we talked about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, on September 12th, Gacy was ordered to, uh, okay, and again, this is repeating itself. <laughs> My, so the doctors concluded he was competent to say in trial. Mm. Members, though his membership in the local Moose Club, Gacy became, became aware of a Jolly Joker Clown Club whose members regularly performed at fundraising events and parades in addition to volunteering entertainment for the children's hospitals. In late 1975, Gacy joined the Clown Club and created his own clown creator, Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> bring the 
was up tonight. No, he did. It was movie television ones. And, not- he, and oh. he wasn't supposed to do any of John Wayne Gacy's Okay. Films. But yeah. I think if you watch Modern Family, Fizbo the Clown looks a lot like John Wayne Gacy's clown. He does. He As a does. matter of fact, the guy that plays Cameron would be perfect to play John Wayne Gacy in a yes. movie. Actually, we, well, actually, him or even the one that, and the one that actually played Twisty, actually can play John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, John, um, um, uh, uh, Taylor Pruitt Vince is another one that could play John Wayne Gacy. What's his name? The one from played Twisty is in the John Carroll Lynch or something. Yeah, maybe? John Carroll Lynch. But I, you know, why I see, I see, uh, what's the, the actor's name? Plays Cameron. Um, Eric Stone. Or Eric, yeah. He would be good to play him because he looks so nice and so yeah. normal, and that's and, and that, that's how John Wayne Gacy got people in. He looked didn't look. He's chilling to us now when we see him because we know what he did. But if we didn't know what he did, we just thought he was any nice man. Exactly, we would just, just be some like, nice oh, guy in the neighborhood. Oh, let's go. He have was in the JCs Club. He was with the Moose Club. He was with the Democratic Party as a. Precinct and he's got pictures of him with Rosalind Carter. We'll get to that. We will get to that. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of things here. That's okay. I know now, how. I, now I know. Now I know how Philip feels when I tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Philip. I'm getting to it. <laughs> you know, John Wayne even devised his own makeup and costumes for his clown characters. Yeah. He described Pogo as a happy clown, where Patches was a more serious character. Ew. Like an Emmett Kelly kind of sad clown. You know, Gacy seldom earned money for his performances and later said that acting as a clown allowed him to regress into childhood. He performed as both Pogo and Patches at numerous local parties, political functions, charitable events, and children's hospitals. Sometimes John Wayne Gacy would remain in his clowning garb after a performance and briefly drink at a local bar before returning home. Gacy's voluntary public service as a clown throughout the years of his murders led to him being known as the Clown Killer, or the oh. Killer Clown. From out of space. Now, Gacy also founded a company named PDM. Now, much of the PDM's workforce consisted of high school students and young men. Mm. Oh, that's no surprise. Yes. Now, Gacy would often proposition his workers for sex or insist on sexual favors in return for acts such as lending his vehicles, financial assistance, or promotions. That's Gacy, why he had teenage boys working for him. They could have sex yeah. with them. Exactly. Gacy also claimed to own guns, once telling an employee, do you know how easy would it would be to get one of my guns and kill you? And how easy it would be to get rid of your body. In 1973, Gacy and a teenage employee traveled to Florida to view a property Gacy had purchased. Uh-huh. On the first night in Florida, Gacy raped the employee in their hotel room. After returning to Chicago, this employee drove to Gacy's house and beat him in his own yard. Oh. Gacy told his wife he had been attacked for refusing to pay him for poor quality painting work. This is getting. This is really getting gnarly here now. Yeah. Wow. Now, in May of 1975, Gacy hired 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci. Two months later, he went to Antonucci's home, knowing the youth had injured his foot in an accident the previous day. The two drank a bottle of wine, then watched a heterosexual stag film before Gacy wrestled Antonucci to the floor 
and cuffed his hands behind his back. Oh. But that was a problem. What was One the problem? One of the cuffs were loose, and Antonucci freed his arm while Gacy was out of the room. When John Wayne Gacy returned, Antonucci, a high school wrestler, pounced upon him. He wrestled Gacy to the floor, grabbed the handcuff key, and cuffed Gacy's hands behind his back. All right. First, All Gacy right. Threatened Antonucci. <sighs> then calmed down and promised to leave if he would remove the handcuffs. Antonucci agreed, and Gacy left. Antonucci right. later recalled that. Wait a minute. We were losing you for a second. Wait, we lost you for a second. Do you hear it? No, I'm not hearing him. I'm not hearing him. We lost you for a second here. Casey offered him a job. Okay. Oh, there you are. You're back. You're back? We had lost you for about the last, uh, what? 15, 30 seconds. 15, 30 seconds, yeah. Well, are we still recording? Yes. Oh, well, then our listeners didn't miss much. (laughs) (laughs) On July 26, 1976, Gacy picked up 18-year-old David Cram as he hitchhiked on Elston Avenue in Chicago. Gacy offered him a job with PDM and began working that same evening. On August 21st, Cram moved into Gacy's home. The next day, Cram and Gacy had several drinks to celebrate his 19th birthday with Gacy dressed as Pogo the Clown. Now, Gacy conned Cram into donning handcuffs, his wrists cuffed in front of him rather than behind him. He swung Cram around while holding the chain linking the handcuffs. Then he said he intended to rape him. Well, Cram wasn't having any of that. He kicked Gacy in the face and freed himself from the handcuffs. Wow, good for him. A month later, Gacy appeared at Cram's bedroom door intending to rape him, saying, Dave... You really don't know what I who I am. Maybe I would be good. Maybe it would be good if you give me what I want. Cram resisted and straddling Gacy, who left the room, stating, "You ain't no fun." Well, so he just went to this guy's house and said, "Let no, me in so I can rape you." With Gacy, after Gacy tried to rape him the first time, he continued to live there. He continued oh to live in the house after Gacy. Tried to rape him. Exactly. I would have been out of that house so fast. Exactly. I would not have stayed in that house. Now, Cram finally moved out on October 5th and left PDM's work employment, although he did periodically work for Gacy over the following two years. So you're telling me this Gacy tried, told this kid that he wanted to rape him twice and attempted to. Handcuffed him and everything. Yet he continued to work for him for over two more years? Is that stupid kids or what? Maybe he was paying real well and he didn't want to give up the money. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he was in, maybe that kid was the one of those weird ones that was into that. Maybe so too. You know, some of these yeah. kids. And those stories change after time, of course. Possibly. We don't know, and I won't say that it did, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah, that that one's a little yeah, that's a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't that's always buy this kid. He kept on living there and everything after that, and kept working for the man for for over two more years. Yeah, yeah, I don't buy that. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Now, shortly after Cram moved out of Gacy's house, another employee, eighteen-year-old Michael Rossi, moved in. Rossi had worked for PDM since May of seventy-six. 
He lived with Gacy until April of 77. Now, Rossi sometimes assisted Gacy in clowning at grand openings of businesses. Gacy has pogo, and Rossi has patches. Oh, so they both did the clown thing. Yeah. So he may have finally found somebody who was willing to give him what he wanted there for a little while. I'm sure he was getting it. If they had that guy living there almost a year. Yeah. Now, Gacy also entered local Democratic Party politics, initially offering use of his employees to clean party headquarters at no charge. He was rewarded for his community service with an appointment to serve on the Norwood Park Township Street Lighting Committee, subsequently earning the title of precinct captain. Now, in 1975, Gacy was appointed director of Chicago's annual Polish Constitution Day Parade, an event he would supervise until 1978. Though his work with, through his work with the parade, Gacy met and was photographed with First Lady Rosalind Carter on yes. May 6, 1978. I've seen that picture. Now, that event later became a huge embarrassment for the U.S. Secret Service. In the picture, Gacy is shown wearing an S-pin, indicating a person giving special clearance to be near the First Lady. Wow. Yes. They let, mm. yeah, didn't realize who they were letting talk to the First Lady. Wow. It, it's kind of weird how they want to come back later and say, oh, well, that was an embarrassment, but then nobody and, really thought anything of it. And they probably didn't do background checks, because if they would have, they would have gotten known about his... Um, his sodomy charge. Yeah, yes. the sodomy charge. So yeah. that pretty much wraps up his early childhood and early years. And coming up next week, we're going to talk about the 33 young men and boys that John Wayne Gacy murdered. At least 33 young men and boys. Oh. Now, that's going to get really gnarly. because I've, I've, 26 I've of this. them? 26 of them. Barry and Philip, and for our listeners, 26 of those boys were buried in the crawl space of John Wayne Gacy's home oh. in Norwood Park, Illinois. Mm. Oh, Lord. We'll find yes. out who those victims were. We'll find out a lot, a little about their lives. And we'll find out more about who John Wayne Gacy really was. Oh, yeah. Uh, we know a good bit about well, who he was now. So, yeah. But we are, it's really going to get gnarly next week. Yeah. We'll also <sighs> talk about what happened afterwards in his trial and what took so long for the state of Illinois to bring him finally to justice. That's coming up next week. All right, so we want you guys to come be with us next week when, yes. we, when we talk about all this. And I know, you know I, hate, I mean, everybody knows what happened, so it's not like we, uh, you, you have to wait with bated breath to see what's happening, but we, you want to hear us talking about it, we know. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at A-Shutters, Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook page is the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Our email is openshutters at yahoo.com. Now, I've been a little bit late getting the, the movie podcast started because they'll be having so many different things going on. But I should have that up within the next week or two. And I'm not sure what we're doing for our first. It's either These are going to be one of the three movies. And, Philip, if we do this one certain movie, you've got to do it with us. Really? It's either going to be A Star is Born, Barbara Streisand's A Star is Born, 
Valley of the Dolls or Mommy Dears. And if we do Mommy Dears, you have got to yeah. do that with us. Yeah. <laughs> no wire hangers, oh, Emma! Yeah. <laughs> well, bring back wire hangers now! <laughs> oh, my. So... I remember getting beat with wire hangers as a child. I never got beat by wire hanger. I, I, I don't, I, I, at least I don't remember. As if I did, I shut it out. <laughs> so until next week, I'm Barry Marino. I'm Bob Ray. I'm Philip Landry. And enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're John Wayne Gacy. You can fall out the window and fall into the crawl space. Uh, Thank you, everybody, and you have a great week. But goodbye.